0: Do you know the proper tools to use for sharpening your axe, your machete, your hatchet, or your tomahawk? How about your fixed blade or your pocket knife? You will after this episode, which starts right now.
1: Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. This is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, and no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared, and we're here to help you get prepared. You can find us at practicalprepping.info.
0: It's good to have you here with us today. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you taking your time that you could be doing something else to listen to us.
1: We do appreciate that.
0: We really do. And we hope you learned something from that today. And what we're talking about is sharpening our bladed implements. And it's an important skill for all of us, whether we're outdoorsmen whether we're somebody in the kitchen, whether we are preppers, we need to know how to sharpen our bladed implements.
1: And more to the point, there are several tools for sharpening knives, each with its own advantages. And we're going to jump into that right away.
0: There's a variety. And a whetstone is the traditional method of sharpening knives. And it uses a sharpening stone to grind away the dull edge of the blade.
1: I used to watch my dad sharpen his knives on a whetstone.
0: It's my favorite way. They're often referred to as Arkansas stone.
1: Now, a whetstone can come in different grits, which determine how coarse or how fine the stone is. A coarse stone is going to strip away metal quicker than the medium or the fine. And a coarse stone is good for getting out nicks. A lot of times nicks will happen to the blade. You Mm -hmm. can actually feel it carefully along the blade edge. Now, an ultra fine stone, which is also known as a black Arkansas stone, it produces that surgically sharp edge that makes your cutting knife that much more effective.
0: Years and years ago, before all of the technology of the machinery that's available today, surgical scalpels are actually disposable now. Oh, they are, yeah. Back in the 50s, 60s, and even back before, they were manually sharpened by someone. Someone in the community would sharpen those scalpel blades, and they use that ultra-fine black Arkansas stone because it produces that surgical edge. Now, for most of us, a fine stone is really all we need. Now, that really produces a razor-sharp edge. It's not quite surgical. But do we really need that in a <laughs> right.
1: pocket? Certainly sharp enough. You know, and the advantage of using a whetstone, it allows you to control the angle and the pressure of the sharpening that can result in a very sharp edge. And I do believe, too, that if you've never used it, you need to train with someone or get some sort of training because you don't just willy-nilly walk up to a whetstone and start sharpening
0: they used to have them in the hardware stores and you'd see that stone and it was really a rather coarse stone and people would come and they'd hit their knife on it five or six strokes on each side Mm -hmm. and it was more of a stropping motion that they were doing they
1: were probably just working the burrs out
0: working the burrs out and just keeping it adequate but there are ways to make that knife very very sharp and as you were saying there the angle About 20 degree angle blade to stone Mm -hmm. is about the general use angle that we want to use. Now, there's some different angles for different purposes. Chopping has a little bit steeper angle and very fine like fillet knife will have a much lower angle. It might be 15 degrees. And you might have a 25 degree on a chopping instrument.
1: And if you're sharpening on a whetstone, are you sharpening both sides of the blade?
0: Yes, you're going to sharpen both sides of the blade. This is where a lot of folks differ on how to do it. A lot of places, if you do some research, it'll tell you that you sharpen one side and then you sharpen the other side. Well, I alternate. I'll have pull one to me and the other one goes away from me. So I'm sharpening each side. Alternating, not doing like ten, just,
1: just one side and then the other. Doing one ten
0: side. on one side and ten on the other. I'm I'm doing it both sides alternating one after the other Oh,
1: okay i mean as long as it gets the job done Mm -hmm. whichever way you find to do it correctly you know is correct for you
0: now here's one that you see in the kitchen a lot and this is a honing steel
1: oh yeah you see like the big butcher knives when they're running that blade Mm -hmm. up along that steel and the steel itself is kind of ribbed or it's got channels on it that have edgings Mm -hmm. on it as well. Now,
0: you're not actually sharpening with that steel. Right. What you're doing is realigning the edge of the knife.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: Depending on how we hold that knife. now, Now, think about the very tip edge. I'm not talking about the tip of the point. I'm talking about the length of the edge. The very tip of it is down almost microscopic metal depending on how you hold it, depending on whether you hit a bone while cutting, you can misalign that edge. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And so that honing steel just actually brings it back into alignment.
1: And the reason that steel is used in real time, particularly in the kitchen or among professional chefs, is because it is quick it's very easy to use. It doesn't require a tremendous amount of training skill, but I think you still need to learn how to use it. But again, it's just to throw a good quick edge back on that knife. It's not necessarily for sharpening, but just for straightening the edge.
0: But it still needs to be at about the same angle. Now, I can do it very well if I do it very slow. But you look at some of these professional chefs, yeah. They're they, they're, they're pick not going thing so. up and it's ch- ch-
1: ch- And I noticed too a honing steel isn't necessarily always steel. Some of them are ceramic.
0: Can be ceramic is very very good for sharpening. Diamond sharpeners. We inherited one here that Krista's dad had. Yeah. And I had never used a diamond sharpener before that. And it's great for quickly removing material from the blade when it's necessary, like repairing the edge from nicks and chips. This particular one is not super fine, but it's a little bit coarse, and it will strip that metal away very, very quickly.
1: I would imagine so, because it's basically literally diamond chips, Mm -hmm. like diamond dust, and it's the hardest substance on earth.
0: This next one I had somewhat, and I'll tell you about it in a second, I had somewhat of a negative experience with, and I never thought much about them until just a couple of years ago, and I actually found out that the electric sharpener can be a very, very good tool for sharpening our blades. Okay. Now, let me tell you the bad part. This is where Mother had one many, many, many years ago. And she thought it was great for her to be able to sharpen her knives in the kitchen very quickly. And you put it in it, and you drew through it, and it had these grinding wheels. Is this the one that
1: has kind of like the wheels that overlap, and they form that angle at the top? Yes. Uh, I've seen those. And,
0: And this was really not a great knife sharpener. But the true knife sharpening machines that we see today... They'll use abrasive wheels to sharpen, and they're not using those very coarse grind stones like in the old ones of the 50s and 60s. Mm. And the advantage of this, it's fast and it's efficient. Now, there's one out in the garage, and it has a horizontal sharpening surface, and this is rotated by an electric motor. Okay. And it's not slow, and it's very fine. And you can take this with it turning, and you oil it just like you would any other one, and you can work that blade across it as it sharpens. Okay. And so it's very good there. But again, it depends on the grit or the hardness of the stone and the design. And the one that I saw used many, many times in Mother's Kitchen was not something I would want to be running my knives through today. Oh, So that's where I didn't hold a whole lot for electric sharpeners until a couple of years ago.
1: Well, you saw there was more than one kind.
0: Yes, and the prolonged use of the old ones probably would damage the blade.
1: Yeah, I think over time it would eat enough blade away Mm -hmm. that eventually the knife would become rendered useless. Are you tired of the taste of the water coming from your faucet? Do you ever wonder what is causing that taste? Did you know that treated water on municipal systems often has residue of chlorine effect? There's also bacteria. There are heavy metals. There's a vast number of different things that can add some form of taste to the water. And in some municipalities, you can actually see a color in a clear glass. Oh, it passes the quote unquote safety test, but there's still something in there. Would you like to have crystal clear, clean, great tasting water? Pro One Gravity Water Filters will give you just that. We have the Pro One Big Plus and we use it daily. It makes our water taste better and it even makes the coffee and the tea taste better. Pro One is also our backup water plan just in case stuff hits the fan and the city's water system becomes contaminated or shuts down. If it really hits the fan and there's no water, we can source water from a nearby creek or the river and we can run it through our Pro One filter and we'll have clean water. Pro One filters come in several sizes to meet the needs of your family. They are affordable and through December 31st of this year, the Pro One gravity water filters are 25% off and there's free shipping on all orders over $69.95. Pro-1 Gravity Water Filters. The link is on our website, practicalprepping.info.
0: We've experienced food shortages in the grocery stores from supply chain issues. Now we're hearing from farmers how food harvests are decreasing and will likely get smaller. We could find ourselves staring at empty pantry shelves or standing in food lines. Yes, it could happen in America. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best selling 4 Patriot survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food. This is that next tier level of food storage we've talked about on the podcast. These kits are compact, sturdy, water resistant, and stack easily. They have delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add water, simmer, and serve. Right now, you can go to 4 and use the code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. They're called 4Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to 4 and use the code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's 4 Use the code PREPPER. Start building your stockpile today. Now, we've talked about the whetstone, and you have to sharpen manually on the whetstone. But there's another one called a manual sharpener, and we have a few of these. And it uses steel or ceramic rods to sharpen the knife. Mm -hmm. The first ones I ever saw with the ceramic rods was one that basically they are held into a V in a piece of wood. And they're sticking up, and you hold your knife vertical, and you slide it down those ceramic rods, and it put a very, very good edge on it. And they're easy to use. And I've seen people
1: actually sharpen their scissors the same way. Mm-hmm. Take the, the scissor edge and yep. run it through
0: that ceramic rod. And the advantage of the manual sharpeners, and there are other options available, and tell you about that in a second. They're affordable and they can be used to sharpen a variety of. Of blades.
1: And I think they'll even work on some of the wider serrated blades. Not necessarily the fine tooth serrated, but some that are more of a scallop mm-hmm. serrated can actually be sharpened well with a ceramic.
0: I actually carry two of these manual sharpeners. One of them is on a keychain. Now, it's not that I carry it on the keychain that goes in the car, but I've got a keychain in the bag that has a whole bunch of other stuff like mini, mini tools.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, because he's a prepper. He's going to have a (laughs) keychain with stuff on it other than keys. I've
0: even got a pair of scissors in there that (laughs) Krista gave me a few years ago. They're only about two and a half inches long, and you have to take the pen out to let them work. And so all of those kinds of things, different gadgets for prepping are on that keychain in my bag. And one of those has a mini sharpener on it. And it's literally steel and they are set at the right angle. And so you put your knife blade in it, and you pull it through.
1: You're basically sharpening both sides of the edge with one draw.
0: At the same time. Mm -hmm. And it would be good, I thought about this, carrying it in a prepping situation if I'm trying to get home and I've dulled my knife to some degree. It's a good option for that. And I've got another one that does basically the same thing with ceramic, and it's actually a bit larger, so it would sharpen an axe, for example, Mm -hmm. or a hatchet.
1: So probably rather than drawing the axe through, you may just actually use the ceramic and draw the ceramic because of the weight of the axe blade. It would be unwieldy to try to hold it and draw it through.
0: And they make another one that's the same principle, but it has a handle with a finger guard on it. And you literally pull it down the knife blade.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So those are manual. Now, there's some things that we need to understand when we start to sharpen a knife. And we're going to need that sharpening stone or a honing rod. But there are steps to sharpening that knife.
1: Okay, a sharpening stone is best for sharpening dull or damaged blades, while a honing rod is best for maintaining an edge of a sharp blade. So you want to hold that knife at the correct angle. And for most knives, as Mark has already indicated, that's going to be about a 20-degree bend, which would be ideal.
0: And we need to choose the right sharpening tool for the blade that we're going to sharpen. Because in some of these, we could use a file. In an axe, we can use a file. Let's just go with what you've got here at that 20-degree angle, and we're sharpening a knife, for example. To begin sharpening, you want to put some oil or water on that stone.
1: You know, Jim Curtis, our knife-building friend, indicates that vegetable oil is what he likes to use on any knife that he's going to cut food with. Because it would certainly make an apple taste better than, say, sewing machine oil.
0: And I really realized that one day when I cut an apple with my knife and I had sharpened it using machine oil, and I could taste it. (laughs) I could taste it. And that kind of solidified my thought in Jim's wisdom with that.
1: So jumping back, you're saying put a few drops of oil or water on the actual stone itself.
0: Mm -hmm. And I spread it out. I'll use the blade to spread it out. Okay. And I get it pretty well covered. And then using a slicing motion while holding it at that proper angle, apply light pressure and pulling it along that stone. And I pull it from the heel of the blade, the part closest to the knife, back away all the way to the end. Okay. And then I swap over and I do that. If you're using a honing rod, you hold it vertically and do what I talked about while I go. And using that slicing motion, that sweeping motion.
1: And then, of course, you repeat on the other side. Unless you do it the way Mark does, and you do one side and then flip into the other side, mm-hmm. you know, onesie-twosie like that. I
0: just repeat quicker. I got you. And that I mean, that's just
1: your process. That's
0: just my process. Afterwards, you want to test the sharpness. Mm. A lot of places say try slicing through a piece of paper or cutting through a tomato. There were years that I didn't have hair on the inside of my calves, or on my left arm from testing the sharpness oh, of a razor blade.
1: You would give yourself a quick shave.
0: I, I would. <laughs> I didn't quit till it shaved.
1: Oh well, okay. And
0: All so right. my knife I always shaved, but that meant that I almost never had hair on my left arm. Or on the inside of either calf, well, they, testing it,
1: and they also say if you can cut through a tomato, because if you have to squeeze or press the tomato, or bruise it or pressure it anyway, knife's not sharp it, enough,
0: it'll tear. Yeah, it'll exactly. tear. But if it slices very cleanly, and it does, and there's no sharp.
1: give on the tomato, then that's right. a sharp knife.
0: Let's talk about sharpening our larger tools, for example, okay. like our axes,
1: axes and hatchets and machetes. Yes. Okay.
0: First thing you want to do is secure that tool. Now, I like a vice. I have a vice out there on the bench in the garage, and I like to put it in there and so you're leaving the the blade stationary and we're going to move our sharpening tool.
1: That's probably the safest way. It's the safest
0: it. and it's the most accurate mm-hmm. probably because it's hard to be precise otherwise. If we've got like an axe, or a hatchet, and we need to repair that blade from nicks and chips, we want to use a coarse file. But here again, we're holding that file at a 20-degree angle to the blade and work it in one direction. We want to use long, smooth strokes. And then as we go, we're going to switch to a finer file and hold that file at the same edge, working in one direction using those long, smooth strokes, and then switch over to a honing steel or even a stone and do the same thing.
1: So that just further refines Mm -hmm. the edge that you're putting on it.
0: Right. And you can do that with any of the larger bladed instruments.
1: Well, here's a question for you. How often should you sharpen the blade?
0: When it's dull.
1: Oh, Okay, so there's no set timeline.
0: No set timeline. It's not something that necessarily degrades in your pocket. I really go by how often I use that knife, and I'll check its sharpness. And when it begins to not be as sharp as it should be, I'll set a time to sit down, get my rocks out, and Mm -hmm. get my oil out, and try to remember to go get the vegetable oil And I'll just sit down and sharpen several of my knives at a time.
1: Well, certainly, we want anyone sharpening any blade to be quite careful. But I will tell you this, of something I've learned to be true. A dull bladed tool is more unsafe than a very sharp one. And that's very true in the kitchen. When you're slicing, dicing, cutting, chopping, if you're dealing with a slippery dull knife, you're more likely to get hurt.
0: Mm-hmm. You really are. Just having a sharp knife is the right thing to do.
1: Well, it does ease the job, and it makes the tool work at its best for you, and you're not having to work the tool very hard when it is that sharp and it can do the job that you're asking it to do.
0: So really what we want to do is choose the right tool for the job, the right blade.
1: Maybe have more than one way to sharpen. You know, try these different products to see what skills work best for you, and obviously... Different blade sizes require different types of tools for the sharpening. So maybe have more than one way.
0: And choosing the right tool for the job and then choosing the right tool for sharpening the tool.
1: Is there some sort of way that you have to also maintain the whetstone or the honing steel?
0: I just wipe them down good and dry, wipe them off with a cloth and put them back in the case.
1: I remember seeing the one that my dad used to use for years and years, and he may still have it around here in his workshop, but it actually developed a, a swayback from yes. all the material. I'm talking about decades of use that it developed an elongated U shape. You know, it starts out as a rectangular block, and then over the time, of in the years, middle, it wears down. In the down. middle, it wears down, and I remember seeing that and thinking. Wow, that stone's telling the story of how many knives has it sharpened, how many times has it sharpened that knife, and it is just very reliable. I think the whetstone is probably maybe one of the oldest forms of knife sharpening or blade sharpening, and it's a tried and true.
0: Now, when that whetstone gets that deep curve into it, it's probably time to replace it.
1: I think now they make them where they have bands of color, and if it gets too far down into a certain band of color, it's the indicator that it, this one can be retired and it's time to go get mm-hmm. a new one.
0: But there's nothing like a good sharp knife or a good sharp blade. We hope you've picked up something here today. And if you have questions or comments, just drop us an email at info at If you want to see the episode notes on this, it's practicalprepping.info forward slash 385. Until next time.
1: Remember, stuff happens and we want to keep our listeners sharp. So stay prepared.
0: And we'll see you next time.
1: We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Practical Prepping Podcast. Would you consider supporting this podcast by buying us a cup of coffee? Go to the website, practicalprepping.info. And click on the link to buy me a coffee. You can contact us by email at info at You can also contact us through Facebook and through our website. And until next time, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.